All right, ladies and gentlemen,、uh, welcome back. This is Tom again. Tennis of Melbourne convo, City of Love, and today I am very lucky to have Lucas. Lucas, you want to say hello to our 50 million friends? <laughs> hey guys, what's going on?、Yeah. Long time no see and speak. <laughs> yes. All right, Lucas. Let's go. Let's throw all the way back. Throw all the way back. Well, way, way、yeah. back at Brundara Tennis、uh, when you were 12 and 13, and、uh, I saw you and I go.、Hmm, This kid can hit the ball, and、uh, you want to tell us、uh, what were your tennis like? You think, you know, looking back when you were twelve and thirteen. Um, twelve and thirteen. Jeez, that's a long time. Um, when I was twelve, thirteen, it was sort of when I started. I don't know how to explain it. To be honest, um, did you enjoy tennis? Oh, I loved it. Loved it、mm-hmm. when when I was you know when I was around that age like I just I didn't want to go off the court I got around that time I was going out to、uh, the local tennis club with dad and literally forcing him to stay on court for four five six seven <laughs> hours a day you know on a Saturday after competition so wow yeah that, shout out to yeah, Tom that, <laughs> shout out to Tom that um that time in my life mate、mm-hmm. I tell you what if it, if it wasn't tennis mate I'd be I'd be chucking a tantrum that's for sure really so tennis help you. The inner you, in some way, growing up. Definitely, it, you know, it it took it took my mind off a lot of things. It, it, I'm not saying that that there were a lot of things going on,、mm-hmm. or or if there was anything bad going on back in the day, but it、mm-hmm. just you know it just made me happy. You know, it was just、mm-hmm. yeah. It was is, just is it <laughs> is it happier when you win a tough match? Um, looking back on it, yes,、mm-hmm. but in the But in the moment, it was a very sort of stressful sort of thing. But like, yeah,、right. as I said, like if you like looking back on it now, or say for example, two weeks after, you、mm-hmm. think to yourself, "Geez, like that was actually a very good match to win."、Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so, so、yeah. um, if you can give your tip in your junior, let's say between twelve and fourteen,、uh, what tip would you give yourself? Um. Say if I was speaking to my twelve, thirteen, fourteen-year-old self, or even coaching your twelve and four, two, twelve, four, twelve to fourteen, just to to be fair, just to do everything as well as you possibly can, you know, in every aspect,、um, you know, train, do everything, you know, to to make yourself feel good for the following day,、um, you know, when you're training, give a hundred and ten percent. Um, because when when you do, that's when you're going to get the most out of yourself.、Mm. Um, you know, when when your body's telling you to stop, you know, just keep fighting, keep forcing yourself to to keep going.、Mm-hmm. And、um, yeah, just don't just don't take being healthy for granted. Right. You know what I mean? Like like just just keep pushing your body to the absolute limit. You know, because、mm-hmm. you're healthy. There's a lot of people out there that don't have that.、Um, what's it called? Yeah. That don't have the opportunity to actually do that.、Mm-hmm. So, I remember、yeah. many years ago before、um, I did a, I wouldn't say convo, but it was sort of an article about you. And this is the, our first version of Tennis of Melbourne, where you know the player look on the side, and then you know I write a、yeah. little story.、Yeah. And you said you came from a, I guess, a health condition where you appreciate、uh, health or, or or your or your life. A little bit more、yeah. than others. You want to share a bit、yeah. about that? Yeah. So, um, 
what's it called? Obviously, when I was younger, I, I was diagnosed with a germ cell tumor. Mm. Um, had uh, open heart surgery to have that removed. Was had chemotherapy for not too sh- not too sure how long it was. Maybe about half a year, nine months or so. Wow. Um, and yeah, I spent a spent a big chunk of my life in or my early life in hospital, um, having mm. to deal with that. Um, so yeah, wow. no, jeez. Looking looking back on it, no, it's, I'm very lucky to to have mm. you know gone ahead and, and played the sport as, as well as I think I did. Mm. Um, okay, and and, and yeah. moving on, moving on, you represent uh, Victoria several times. I find look, I. I, based on my memory, and also I remember you had a jacket. It's at the back of that jacket. It says Australia. So, what's it like? Yeah. Do you do you feel more appreciative, like saying, "Wow, it's it's been a long journey," you know, looking back, and then you're able to represent Australia? Um, yeah. Look, that jacket is still in my cupboard, as well as my pants and my shirts and my shorts, <laughs> my Australian shirts and shorts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, whenever I open the open the cupboard, I do have a. A good look at it every now and then, and mm-hmm. think to myself, "Shit, you know, mm. geez, sorry." That's all right. Excuse all me. good. All good. Um, you know, I, I think to myself, you know, geez, I, I actually did, you know, fairly okay. Like I didn't. The funny thing is, I never actually played for Australia. I never actually played for Victoria either. Mm. Um, I was actually I was selected a couple of times to play, mm-hmm. but um, in the at that time, there were a couple of players that were selected over me that, you know, the uh, the team manager or the coach of the team thought that they would be a better um, candidate candidate for that um, mm. for the for the time, right. you know. But um, fortunately enough, I was I was able to keep all, all the um, all the Aussie representatives mm. sort of clothing, right. and. Um, yeah, no, it still, it still gives me, you know, fond memories of, of going overseas and, and being with, um, being with mates, being with people I, um, I grew up with and, um, mm. yeah, shared some really special memories with. Okay. Now, traveling as a junior, um, were any interesting stories at the airport or hotels or, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's some. <laughs> there were. Um, <laughs> Just G-rated our, or M-rated will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I was never really a, a bad troublemaker. And I was never doing crazy stuff when I was younger. Mm. I, was too, I was too afraid to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I do remember one time we had a 12-hour layover at oh. um, at a Thai airport. I'm not, not sure if it was Bangkok, something like that. But one at one of the airports in Thailand, we had a twelve-hour layover. It was Matt Romios, mm-hmm. uh, Cody Pearson, mm-hmm. Lewis Corker, mm-hmm. um, Dimitri Morianis, yep, and um, Bernie Nakomba. Okay, and <laughs> for tw- for literally twelve hours, we had to sit and just walk around this airport. And I reckon for about. For about seven or eight hours of that layover, mm-hmm. we found this huge wall, and luckily Romeos had a had like one of those, you know, those folding like rubber high bounce balls. Yep. Like same shape, as, same size shape as a tennis ball. Yep. And uh, we literally played uh, one touch on the wall. So one touch is like a game of down ball. Yep. And if you if you hit the ball, then you got to uh, swap out, and then the next person goes to hit it. That's right. 
Yeah, so we we literally played that one game for for no word of lie about six or seven hours. It was the most boring layover of all time, but at the same time we we made so much out of it. Would you would it be <laughs> would it be fair? Because I noticed um, over the years, would you would you say tennis players in general just so mm-hmm. competitive in everything? Anything possible can be competed. Um, you know, table soccer, anything and everything. <laughs> you literally. Literally, I'm I'm still competitive to this day. Right. Um, <laughs> at the moment, at, mate, at the at the moment, I'm I'm playing a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> okay. So I get very competitive with Call of Duty. So wow. Call of Duty is obviously a PlayStation game. Mm. Would you? So, okay. <laughs> now I myself is an expert on Call of Duty. I know I know it's an online game. You know you got to have some sort of a strategies, but. All right, let's take t- let's take this professionally. All right, how do you take co- how do you take tennis mindset into Call of Duty in terms of you know getting the wins, getting the the progress, getting the winning, the small victories? How do you develop your game? To be honest, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's sort of it's sort of like tennis to be fair. If you if you put more time into it, you get better. As simple as that. You know, you, you understand the movements a bit better. Mm-hmm. You understand how other people are going to play, what they're going to use, mm-hmm. and you know, you just got to get used to that sort of style and you know, come up with your own style. And if that style works, then you then you keep going with it. If not, then you got to change something. Obviously. Okay. Um, okay. But what? yeah, it's, I know it's, it's I I think it's not it's not something you can just you know, read about a little bit and just be like, okay, yeah, I got this. Yeah, I'm going to go out and, and blow everyone off. Right. Okay. You know? Now, for all the Call of Duty players out there, um, uh, Lucas, <laughs> uh, what's your username or account number? So one day they can join in and really, you know, you know maybe curious if you're listening, you know. <laughs> so what's your username? Um, or, mm-hmm, go on. My, my username, well, my, my Activision username is currently Element instead Element. of the E and X. Right. Um, okay. okay. And my and my PSN is currently lavish. So L X V I S H. Excuse my voice. Yes. Okay. Right. Now, um, moving on um, to to tennis a little bit. Um, you had a bit of ups and downs with your tennis. Let's say the last four or five years. Now, for mm-hmm. those tennis players who are listening, who may be hanging up a racket or sort of wanting to get back. Let, let's talk about the down first and up first. All right, let's talk about the downs. What do you think these days that tennis players quit tennis? Um, from my point of view, it, the large reason why is just financially. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of players out there that are fortunate enough to, you know, to to go around travel, blah blah blah, because because they have that, you know, they have that foundation where where they can just. You know, go ahead and and really and really get themselves out there. Whereas, whereas a lot of people like myself, mm-hmm. you know, I really had to work hard for for the for the money mm-hmm. uh, that I that I put towards my tenants. And at the same time, I did I did receive a lot of help from my parents, and I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way all the way through my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got to a certain age, you know. Um, you know, it, it was obviously that time for me to start taking a little bit more charge of, of my career, right? And um, and start understanding, you know, what what it's like to to have to throw away money toward towards something that that you love and and something that's your passion. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's one really big thing. You know, the the whole financial part is mm. 
a lot, like a, a big reason as to why a lot of people do need to hang it up. Um, as well as that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it, it happens to too many people, but I, but I feel like, um, you know, their, their desire is just too deep to, to win. You know, they, they just feel like, you know, you have to be winning all the time. And, and when they lose, it's like, they don't learn anything out of it. You know what I mean? And, mm. and I'm, I'm not going to name names and, yeah. and all that, but you know, that there has been a lot of people in my past that I've seen have just been, you know, I'm not going to say jealous, but you know, they're just not happy with losing, but they don't do anything about it. Right. Yeah, so. Wow. Um, let's just say, um, I don't know how long, but there's probably a peer, period where you probably, you know, not around tennis a little bit. Um, mm. What did you find interesting about the world outside tennis? Um, for me, it was just understanding like, what life is like without it. So mm. obviously, I can't remember when I sort of stopped for a bit. I think it was... I think it was last year, early last year, I think it was maybe around March, April, mm-hmm. March, April, May. And I came back in like late June or something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. in, in that time, I worked full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working down at, at the local tennis club coaching. I think I was doing around about 25, 30 hours a week. Um, and yeah, just going home and, and just chilling out. And at the time, I'm, you know, I was spending a lot of time with my, with my then partner. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, that was about it. Right. And, um, you know, after, after a while, I just started to understand, you know, like having, having tennis in, in my vocabulary, if you, if you, if you can say, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was a very important part for me at the time, mm. you know, and, and I felt like I, I wanted to keep going on with it. And that's what I try to do. And, and I try to come back. With a different mindset, um, you know, trained a lot harder, trained a lot different as well. Mm-hmm. Took different steps. Um, got got a few a few good people around me to help me out. Mm. Um, and yeah, right. Now I've yeah. I've noticed um, when I when I ask people questions similar to question like this, you know, whether it doesn't matter what stage at the tennis at, they kind of gave me a sense of, and I'm not trying to put words in their mouth or anything, but I feel like mm. sometimes tennis gives you everything and then you give tennis everything. But there will be times where tennis is not giving you the satisfaction where you turn around and you go, whoa, I've put so much hours for you. I put so much, um, I guess, uh, exposure for you as a sport and you're not giving me back. And were there times where you feel like, you hated tennis because it's not giving you what you deserve. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, fe- I felt like I did that too much. To be honest, mm. I never like as I, as I was saying before. Like some people, when they would lose, they wouldn't learn anything out of it. I was I was sort of in the same boat as well at times. Mm. You know, for for a very I wouldn't say a long period of time, but. There were there were certain times in my career where I'd lose and, and I wouldn't learn anything. Wow. You know, I I just I just dig myself in a hole and and it take me a long time to get myself out of it. Hmm. Okay, let, know, let, so, let, let's roll yeah. back to when you were seventeen, where I, I I I saw you know a lot of 
uh, your tennis, you know, in even in, I think it was, uh, I could be wrong, but like in Terrelgan Challenger, you were playing qualies, you were playing some pro tours, you know, 17. Did you ever think about going to college? Um, speaking back on it, I think it would have been a very viable option. Mm. Um, you know, about the time I was, I was young, I thought I could, I could do better than that. I thought I could be better. Mm. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, I just never took it on board. You know, I, you know, honestly, if I was to have that, have that opportunity again, where, where I was to be asked, mm-hmm. I probably would go. I okay. definitely would go. And, and if anyone is wondering or, or thinking about or tossing up whether they want to go to college or not, I'd suggest they do. Because mm. okay. you know, if you if you go, if you go to college, you, you know, you're, you're on a paid scholarship. You know, you, you're getting, you're pretty much playing for free. Like they're they're taking you places. You know, they're paying for your education. They're paying for this, mm. for where for where you stay. Pretty much, you're you're just there, and you're just paying for your own food and, and whatever you want to get. Mm. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, college is a very viable option. Mm, here you go, coming from Lucas, right? Now, Lucas, I gotta say, um, knowing you since you were twelve, thirteen in the Burundara days, and uh, and this is just purely my opinion. I always believe that you're very independent and you're very mature, and you have your own places that you go to mentally to get yourself better. So this is what I'm thinking right now: is that you know, yes. You didn't go down the pathway of college. Yes, you decide, you, you take ownership. But I can, and I'm going to send this convo to you five years, ten years down the track. And I think that with all the darkness happening around the world and in, here in Melbourne as well, that mm. one day down the track, and I, I'm not going to say whether it's on tennis or off tennis, and I think, and I think you're going to become um, somewhat influential and inspirational kind of a character and a person that you may or may not have a totally brand new uh, friend circle or friendship circle as well as doing something there's probably just I don't know maybe it just you're just one one lightning strike you know away from you know being being a new you because seeing you um, succeed uh, in that tennis and there is always that one player. I still do in the uh, you know in recent years when I was at tournament. They go, oh, you know who's one of the best junior tennis players coming out of Melbourne? And you know what? Who I say? I said, well, there's this kid named Lucas, and this is coming from a dad, uh, a coach. You know, hey Tom, you've seen so many, you treat so many tennis players all these years. You know, who's one of the best junior tennis players? And I gotta say, your name is right up there. So. I personally wanted to thank you for for that inspiration that you gave me, you know, when you were I would say 16, 17. That's that's one of my highlights when watching. Oh, actually no, even later when you won AMT back to back. Remember that time? <laughs> and I still yeah, remember I, I, I and and for those who don't know this one, the first one you won was AMT Platinum at Pakenham, right? Yes. You won that one. Yeah. And then the next yeah. one I I I think it was at Hume. And then you go, yeah. oh yeah, Tom's is here. And then I, I didn't know what you said after. And then after the presentation, when you took the title, and he goes, Tom, if you're here, I get to win. And I was like, wow, this kid, man, you know. And I was like, looking back my 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 records, and I think that you're the, probably the only uh, player or the youngest player ever to win one AMT Platinum and two winning back to back. 
So that, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's yeah, so crazy. you can just look at the the, the record. So, so I want to I wanted to thank you. And and again, um, rolling back to to uh, you said you were coaching, uh, uh, you know, uh, before COVID. That um, uh, there there is one question I, I would love to to dig deep with you. Is that um, sure. in your experience and um, opinion, what is one difference between a good coach and a great coach? Um, great coaches, and I could I could drop every like. Oh, actually, I would I wouldn't say every coach, but I could drop a, a lot of coaches that I know's name under the sun. Um, <laughs> great great coaches. Um, can understand you psychologically, if Whoa. that makes sense. You know they they un, they understand how you feel. Like they know how to get information through you you know without without having to say it to you you know they 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 get you in the mood to to want to improve you know they 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 spark a light in you and, and it's just like they, they just want you to they, they just want you to to improve so much where, where you just feel like you're you're just being lifted you know by, by this person and, it, and it's crazy like it's it's just yeah, it, it's an insane feeling, and you know, I'll, I'll shout, I'll shout out Jared Ma for this. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, Jared works out of Burundi, and, he, and he's done a lot of work with with Andy Harris and Jacob Grills, mm-hmm. and um, Arena Rodin over as well. But I felt like he he was the last coach I had before I stopped, and mm-hmm. I felt like of all the coaches I had, um, I felt like the way he was able to convey messages to me mm-hmm. um, was just. It was just another level. It just it just made me want to play, and just made me want to succeed and and be successful. Jared, if you're listening, I have reached out to you, and you had other things I know. But when you can, <laughs> when you can, after listening to Lucas, please reach out to me, and I'll ask you a whole lot of different questions. And this question will be probably one of the in the convo. So, Jared, if you're listening, please reach out to me. All right. Wow. Now, now, when you say psychologically connected, if you will, that uh, probably the first time I actually found this, you know, um, asking what more than well over 160 people in the last, because I've done one combo every single day. And why, why do you think psychologically so important to be connected, in your opinion? Because, because if you're not, even, even if you're, or if, even if you were, an amazing player. If you don't have that psychological connection with a player or a pupil, mm-hmm. um, your message isn't going to get through. You know, there's only there's only a certain amount of information that's actually going to get through. You know, but if you're if you're connected in that way with a student, you're going to, like I said before, you, there's more of a chance that you're actually going to spark a light in that person. You know, if they if they're really um, invested into being a professional tennis player or someone who wants to, you know, take tennis another step forward over anyone else. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I feel like, you know, if you, if you like the difference between being a great or good and a great coach is, you know, that connectivity. Like I said, you know, if you, if you have that, then you've got another level, you know. Right behind you and what you can teach right so 
Jared, if you're listening. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, so I've I've um I I I had a convo with a, a player. I'll drop his name. His name's Adam Lasky, right? Great player, mm-hmm. and also he's he's coaching now. And uh, we came to an agreement. And and I want to I want to hear your your serve on this. Is that if you're a really good player, mm. doesn't mean you're a really good coach. I agree. Okay. I agree. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of. Actually, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name names, yep, but yep, yeah, yep. I feel like that's a very. You know, that's very true. Mm. You know, not 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 every amazing player is a is an amazing coach. Mm. You know, like some 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 people out there that, you know, they they improved a lot, they learned a lot, but they don't know how to convey that message to others. You know, and and it's, you know, it's unfortunate. Right. You know, but but at the same time, it's just it's just how it's just how some people are. Sometimes, you know, some people may be very good at conveying that message off to other people. Some people may not be. Mm. You know, and that's yeah. Right. Now I remember. I think it was there was an AMT Platinum tournament where you were working with a player. Oh, I don't have to drop names, but you were working with a player. And I got to tell you, and this is purely from my perspective, you know, and your body language towards the player, it is so powerful that he engaged with your information. With I, I wasn't sure whether it's a post game or post match or, or pre match, but it made me feel like you are you wanting to be the best ever coach in the world in that moment for him. Um. What were some of the things you do beforehand, during, leading to those kind of communication tools that or resources that you use? Um, as a as a coach, I just when I when I'm out with a player, I think I know which player you're speaking about. It was it was a young, yeah. a younger player, maybe about ten, eleven years old. Oh, sorry, not that um, one. Um, it's a uh, first name. Oh, actually, a surname starts with K. I have no idea. Okay, you don't okay? Remember. Don't worry about it. It's AMT Platinum. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, got it. Okay, about. cool, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, look, to be fair with the, with that player, you know, I just try to keep them as calm as possible. Okay. To be honest, um, you know, at at times they, you know, they overthought things. You know, before they got into the match, they they already putting themselves down. What? You know, and yeah, and to be to be to be honest, a lot of players a lot of players do do that. You know, it's it's um it's crazy, and and I'm gonna be honest with you. At the same time, like there were there were a lot of times in in my career where I'd get onto the court and be like, there is no chance I'm winning this match. Whoa! Really? You know? Really? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Well, Absolutely. put it this way: you come into a uh, a match and you go, "There's no way I'm going to beat this." I don't know, seated player, and that means you just, you know, working yourself to lose the match. It just, except you don't want to lose six one; you want to lose six four and seven five. And how yeah. is that possible for you to win a match or win that match? To be honest, it's not. It's not possible. <laughs> 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 it, it's, it's, okay. It's all not. right. Here we go. All right. So. 
let's just say if Jared Ma is listening to this very context, right? Yeah. What do you think he's going to say this to you? Let's say you you got a match in twenty minutes. Yeah. What would you what what, what do you think he's going to say to you, or what? How does how is that? How are you going to, you know, uh, reframe your your mindset? Um. I do. I do remember a lot. Um. About what Jared used to speak to me about before I, before I got on court mm. for a game. Um, he he always used to always used to speak to me either the night before or you know let's say half an hour an hour before the match, mm. and we just spoke about things that we were working on, you know, and things that I wanted to achieve on, on what we were working on in that match, you know, and yeah, it was um it was just things along the line of look. You know, we're looking to be aggressive off the forehand side. You mm-hmm. know, so for this match, let's focus on being aggressive. Let's focus on getting around the backhand, finding as many opportunities to hit a forehand as possible, mm-hmm. and keep using the forehand. If you get the opportunity, get around it, hit the forehand, and make something out of it. You know, and that, and that was literally it. Like we never we never spoke about okay, we got to get it to his backhand. You know, then when when we get it into his backhand, then we, then we sort of have a chance. Like it, it was never like neutral sort of sort of talk like that. It was always positive things. You right. know, things things that we both knew that I could achieve and things that I could um, execute in a match. Nice. Um, so so I believe as a coach, when you're out there on court with a player, you want to be talking to them about what they do well. So they can actually get on court and feel confident about the things that they do do well, and then they can put that to work when they're playing the match. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Now that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Okay. Well, I'm going to classify you on pending because I'm not sure you, you how many players you, you're looking after, but I'm going to put you on pending as a great coach. How's that, Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, wow. I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing a little bit of work with with the younger kids at the moment, like mm-hmm. mostly junior development. Obviously, obviously, I'm still doing my my coaches course and all that, which has been mm. postponed, unfortunately, due yep. to COVID. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't necessarily gotten to the stage where I'm looking after people in in mm. their late teens or anything like that. So yeah, just just little steps for now. Well, at least at least you you can still strike the ball. Like you know, I remember you were hitting part. Oh, I could be wrong, but you were you were doing something with AO. Was it you? I can't remember. It's so awkward. But um, were you, did you hit with uh, players uh, during AO before? Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple times. Yeah. A couple rem- times, yeah. I remember you, you told me that. But uh, yeah, either way, look, the last time, even on your worst day, you can still strike a ball clean. I got to say. You can still hit the ball <laughs> clean. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Nah. Okay. All yeah, right. I, don't, I don't mind hitting the ball every now and then. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now, um, Tennis of Melbourne is about appreciation. Now, um, apart from Jared, um, mm-hmm. shout out to Jared as well. Now, um, give uh, you know anyone and everyone you believe that uh, deserve a, a thank you uh, over the years in your tennis journey so far. And so, this is your time. And if you want to give any uh, anything and every anyone a shout out or friends or whoever, it's mm-hmm. take it away. All right. Well, firstly, um, the coach I had before, Jared, Steve, mm-hmm. like my second father figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Barrow, Matt, Matt Barrow's uh, dad. Yep. Um, he was my coach for, Jesus, 11, 12 years or wow. so. 
and um, yeah, literally, literally taught me all the basics. All, all my technique literally came from him, and you know, and give it all, give it all to him because you know, without him, I'm to be honest, I'm not sure where I could have gone with my career. Second, secondly, um, you know, just just people who stuck by me, you know, just just as a group. Um, you know, people that were friends with me, people that drove me as well through training, Matt Romios, Greg Holmans, Chase Ferguson as well. You know, we had a, we had a really good group going on, you know, back in the day and trained really, really well together. Stefan Storch as well, all the younger boys that, that were coming through to at the time. Mm. Um, you know, Bernie Gerlitz taught me a lot as well, Mark Hilawati. Um, you know, at the, at the start, me, me and H were very rocky. Mm. Um, in in terms of our relationship, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of him and all that. But but over time, you know, we start we started to become very close. H gave me my first nickname as well, which is still stuck on me today. <laughs> um, and yeah, no, after after the the first initial the uh, the initial three or four months of of me not really. You know, enjoying my time with him on court at, at NA as a as a um, full time national academy player. You know, I, I really enjoyed it after that. Mm. You know, the, the time that I spent with him, and, and I actually learned a lot of, of H. And you know, he really got me into what's it called the the whole NA group and made me feel comfortable. So yeah, hats off to him. Right. Okay. Right. Now, um, in my experience with all the convos with players and coach, just just on context of players and coach, I don't think anyone actually mentioned that there were rocky, I guess, you know, relationship between player and coach. You're the first one who actually comfortable sharing that side. Now, for those who are listening, how do you work with this rockiness or these waves and really believe that there's a, a beautiful bright light at the end of the tunnel? Um, well, I feel like if you're, if you're given a coach or, or if you, if you've chosen a coach, you can't, you know, work with them for a couple of months and then have an idea of, you know, how they are already. Like you, you gotta, you gotta give them a shot because sometimes you just need to, you just need to adapt to how that coach is. Cause you know, like, like tennis, not every coach is the same as well. Every coach is a different way of training people, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I feel like even though things may be maybe rocky, you gotta you gotta look at the bright side. You gotta look at the things that they're actually doing for you, you know, and and then actually sit down and speak to them about it, you know, and then they'll actually, you know, explain it to you if they're, you know, if they have the knowledge to actually explain, you know, what what they're actually doing with you. Mm. Um. So yeah, I think you know if you if you ever with a coach just don't don't make out what you think they are you know in in the space of one two months and really give them a good shot mm. wow okay beautiful now let's draw um attention to tennis just a little bit outside now in my um in my experience with you over the years i have never hear you talking or playing different sports am i right um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. You're pretty much on the ball there. 
<laughs> so, so it's always tennis, not even football, basketball. I mean, you play some table tennis at Notting Hill. Shout out to Notting Hill, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you never really involved in other in other sports. Um, when when I was younger, my parents thought it was a very good idea, well, option for me to learn how to swim.、Mm-hmm. I think I think as well as that, it is very important to know how to swim,、mm-hmm. um, especially. Obviously, in summer it gets very hot down here. A lot of people like to go to the beach. Blah blah blah.、Mm-hmm. You know, if something bad happens. You know, you gotta know how to swim. So,、mm-hmm. I did do a lot of swimming back in the day. I was asked to go into squads、Jeez. for swimming as well. But you know, at the time, I was doing three sports.、Jeez. Um, so yeah, I, I obviously decided to stick with tennis. But I was um, I was doing, I was playing a little bit of soccer for a couple of years as well down at the at the local soccer club. I was a um, I was a goalkeeper. Oh, there you go. Okay.、Yeah. Has, has swimming and and soccer helped you with tennis in any way? Um, well, swimming swimming was more to to build my lungs up, especially after um after chemotherapy、mm-hmm. and um and the operation and all that. So. Yeah, and, and definitely to build my shoulders up as well. I felt, I felt like when I was swimming, you know, from what my parents said, I had a very large upper, upper body, and I wish I had that now, to be honest.、Mm. Um, and soccer as well, I felt like it helped me a lot with my hand-eye coordination because obviously, as a goalkeeper, you can use your hands,、mm-hmm. and、um, you know, I, I felt like you know it really, really got my reactions up. Oh. And obviously, obviously, when it comes to tennis, you need good reactions sometimes, especially at net,、mm-hmm. especially when you when you're trying to read the play as well. And,、mm. Yeah. Okay. Now, speaking of net, which coming on to tennis,、um, what is your one tip playing doubles? Look, or be positive. Be positive.、Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say that, I'm, I'm more talking about when you're at the net. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I see a lot of people do is just plonk their bum in the corner、mm-hmm. and just wait for the ball to come to them. Oh, really? Yeah. So <laughs> when you're playing when you're playing doubles, always look to get yourself involved at the net. You know, put put your volleys on the line, like cross. You know,、mm-hmm. hit the volley. Try and try and win the point because literally you're you're a cross away from winning the point when when your doubles partner. And the other person are in the cross court rally, right?、Oh. You know, so you look to cover, look to try and finish the ball at the net, hit a volley. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now to finish it off, I just want to let our listeners, all fifteen million of you, are listening. That I want to get to know the lighter side of、uh, the Lu-、uh, Lucas、um, outside tennis. Now, this this question divided entire Melbourne community、um, recently. That、um, okay. I'm gonna jump straight to it.、Mm-hmm. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Oh, um, I've had pineapple on pizza before, and it ta- it tastes good, but but if you're thinking about it, pineapple.、Mm-hmm. I believe does not belong on pizza. I'm sorry. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Okay, okay. We need we need a Hawkeye here. We need to call out the referee <laughs> to see if it's out or in. Okay, referee need to come in. Opens the fence. Check the scores. <laughs> okay, it's either thirty all or thirty forty, serving for the match. Okay, so 
what? So you had pineapple on pizza. I've had pineapple on pizza, yes. And to think about it and talk about it and looking at the history, pineapple should not be on pizza. That's your opinion. Yeah. Oh. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. I'm, I'm, I'm very split. Like, I don't mind eating it when it's, when it's in front of me. But do I believe that pineapple belongs on pizza? Probably not. Okay. But, <laughs> but, not. but you don't hate pineapple. Let's say I don't know pineapple uh, on with cocktail or, or. Oh, or, mate, pi- pineapple is one of my favorite fruits. Oh yeah. Far. Okay. By far. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. No. No problem. Okay. No. No. Just uh, so again, the world is divided in half, and it was like one of the things I. I found out, and I was like, my wife and I was like, pineapple pizza. I love pineapple pizza, and then we were just talking about. So I threw threw on the pole, and then literally it's a fifty fifty. So, which is interesting. Um, another one is obviously you say you travel before. Um, window seat, middle seat, or aisle seat? Aisle. All day. Has to has to has to be aisle seat, mate. The the amount of times I was on a flight with with someone that was. Literally like fifteen twenty centimeters taller than me. Yeah, I'd always te- I was I was always fighting for that aisle seat because I love my leg space. Wow. Okay. So, so if, I, if, I couldn't care less if you're six foot, mate. You're sitting. You're either sitting in the middle or you're sitting at the window because I've got the aisle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which leads to a question: Is do you think the middle seat gets both armrests? Um. Or just one. I always thought to myself that when you're when you're in a plane, you always get the right armrest. Oh, I always thought that was that was the thing. Oh. You know, so when so when, when whenever I sat in a plane, I would always take the right armrest. And if someone's arm was on my right armrest, I would crack the shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the language, but I'd, I'd crack it. <laughs> I'd crack it. Yes. Yeah. Seri- no, seriously, your your right arm. Yeah. Must be on the right armrest. Like if, you, if you've got your left arm on there, I'm sorry, but you're selfish. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, okay. Put it this way. All right. The the, na- the plays you named, uh, you know, I don't know, no Romeos and whoever you you said you're playing the the, the down ball at the airport. Now, yeah. if they sit with you or if they sit with you um, on the same um, same row. Um, and if they sit on aisle seat or if they have, you know, um, gone out of the boundary, taking over your armrest, mm. that is, you just unfriend them for life. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just kidding, no, just kidding. No, but, no, I was lucky back, or they were lucky back in the day because we're all small, so we had a lot of space. Oh, right, <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so, but, but you, you would negotiate to go, hey, I really want aisle seat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just uh, just a little jokes inside. Now, uh, what is some of the pet hate you have during traveling? Like for me, is the person in front of me? I would say oh. straight away, straight away. Not like you know, you got the safety instructions or whatever. Straight away and have the the seat all the way down, and my scream is like three centimeter in front of my <laughs> eyes. That is my pet hate. What's yours? Um. Oh, jeez. Um. I honestly felt like I had a, had a lot of bad luck with my seating in an aeroplane. Okay. So, I felt like I would always cop the seat that was always in front of someone that was either big mm-hmm. or someone that was, no word of a lie, about six foot ten. <laughs> 
So whenever whenever I would try and recline my seat to try and sleep, yep, that person behind me would always tap me on the shoulder and be like, "Look, I'm sorry, but this isn't working out. You know, you, you can't you can't recline your seat. Like, obviously, I'm too tall. Obviously, I'm a little bit too big." <sighs> You know, and stuff like that. And I'd always like sit down, I'd turn around, like just throw my arms up in the air and be like, why is this happening to me? I just want to sleep for God's sake. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it sucked. It definitely mm-hmm. sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was one of my pet hates when I was traveling, to be honest, just, just copying the seat that was in front of someone that was, um, you know, it didn't give me room to recline my seat. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, all right. So this is uh, so. So one last one, which is probably uh, one of my favorite, is um, are you a coffee drinker? Um, I am when I want to be. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, put it this way: which city do you think has the best coffee? I have actually never had coffee anywhere else but Melbourne. So. Okay, and what and what's your go to coffee? Um, Cheeky Monkey Richmond. Oh, more info, please. I heard this, but yeah, che- Cheeky Monkey in Richmond. I'll tell you what: uh-huh. best hot chocolates, best coffee, best like breakfast meals. Oh, mate, okay. unbelievable! When, whenever we used to go to Trelgan, yeah. I remember it was uh, it was Rob Leeds, mm-hmm. myself. I think it was Romeos as well, mm-hmm. Conor Marco. Couple of other guys as well. I think a couple of times we stopped at Cheeky Monkey, and I kid you not, wow. the food there, the coffee there was next level. Right. Okay. Level. So if you know, or if you are listening, Cheeky Monkey, right in Richmond, um, please sponsor Lucas. <laughs> please, yeah, please sponsor me. I'll drink it. I'll drink your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, lastly, Lucas. Um, uh, this convo will be sent to you again in 2025, in five <laughs> years' time. What would you like Sounds to say good. to yourself? Pardon? This, the, what would you like to say to yourself? So to finish it off, so what would you like to say to yourself in five years' time? Um, Jeez, that is a very good question, Tom. Thank you. Um. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I just, I just hope that you're you're successful with, with whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stick to your dreams. Stick to stick to what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just and just make the best possible life out of yourself. I suppose. Um, yeah. Okay. Just do what do what you think is right, and, and make sure whoever you coach gets better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. Nice. Now, before we before we go, pineapple and pizza. You're not going to change your mind. <laughs> uh, All right. I'm not going to push you. That's uh, not on, not on, not on pizza. <laughs> not on pizza. The pineapple any day of the week. Pineapple juice. Pineapple. Pineapple cubes. Oh, dried pineapple. <laughs> Couldn't care less, mate, but right. I'd eat it all day. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks again, Lucas, for your time. And um, I will send you the link when it's all finished. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, for Lucas, you may or may not know that uh, Tennis of Melbourne is reaching out one convo every day. And uh, it, I think it was last month, it hit 20,000 times played. 
Uh, it's now wow. on. Yeah, it's now on Spotify and Castbox, and I, I haven't checked uh, the the Spotify. It's uh, it's well over. I would say a good, mm, or close to ten thousand because simply everyone has uh, Spotify. Um, yeah. and, uh, I'm looking forward to, and again, Lucas, I really love your, your values and, and your, you know, um, this whole combo and maybe somewhere down the track, we can talk about something, you know, um, you know, different about, I don't know what, whatever you be onto, maybe coaching or other things, you know, uh, hopefully yeah. 2.0. And, um, other than that, you know, everyone, thank you for listening. And if you guys got any ideas or anything that you can support local players like Lucas, feel free to reach out to him and, um, or even just give him a like or just uh yeah so i think um i'm just trying to help local players as much as possible you know a cheeky monkey if you're listening go go <laughs> go reach out to lucas i'm sure he's gonna do the, his best to, to to promote you guys so that's all i have my name is tom until next time i love you all city of love and goodbye <laughs>